0: And welcome to the chat, that's right, the Chucklehead Chat, a podcast hosted by me, Chief of the Chuckleheads. New topic each week with a great new guest host. Sit back, enjoy the show, be entertained, be educated, laugh, cry, hate it, love it, or fall asleep to it. It's okay because it serves a purpose. Welcome to the show. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Chucklehead Chat, and today's episode is Miyagi-Do vs. Cobra Kai Part 1 and Today back in the house is Chucklehead Jr. Welcome back, Caleb Hey, what's up? It's good to have you back Um, You're in the house because we literally are recording from our own house today A little different, had to record from the homestead today So if you do hear doors opening and people walking around, dogs barking I do apologize, it's very unprofessional But this isn't the most professional podcast of all time So we are just going to roll with it, but welcome to the show, Caleb. We're going to actually break down season two of Cobra Kai, and you decided last time when we did this that we went a little bit too long and we left some stuff out, so we're going to call this Miyagi-Do versus Cobra Kai part one so we're going to kind of just break not really break down the first five episodes but we're just going to go through the first up to the five episodes and just kind of go from there
1: so season two for new viewers or those who haven't seen in a while uh, season two starts right after season one concludes with the All Valley Championship uh, with Miguel Diaz winning over Robbie Keane Robbie's injured in the fight uh, thanks to courtesy of Hawk, and who is a much bigger part in the second season. Well, so
0: why, wait a minute. Why, let me interrupt you for a quick second. Why do you say for courtesy of Hawk? Well, I mean,
1: so uh, in so before uh, Magellan Robbie fight Hawk and Robbie fight like in the semifinals, and so um, they have like a little exchange, and they're both out. I think they're both at one one in the fight, and so. Um, Robbie insults his hair like as they're starting, and so he goes to turn back to go to his corner and Hawk, true to his name, uh flies up into the air, kicks him in the back, ambush style, and I believe it was a dislocation to his shoulder and so uh Hawk got disqualified for improper conduct and poor sort sportsmanship, and so Robbie had to get a sling in his arm and so for the first I believe it's only for the first episode of season two because it wasn't that serious an injury, but...
0: So do you think if he doesn't do that, does he beat Robbie or does Robbie beat him And that? If that's a straight-up fair fight and they fight point style and he doesn't get disqualified, does, does Robbie beat Hawk or does Hawk beat okay. Robbie? Okay, so
1: you're on the cusp of discovering something that many losers have been fighting over for generations... Uh, Many people call it by many different things, but uh, where I'm from, we call it power scaling. So it's essentially the idea behind the theorem is what it is, because it's not fact for the most part, is if X can beat Y, then... If X can beat Y, then... And Z loses to Y, that means X can beat Z. So we see that Miguel and... Hawk they spar a bit, but we haven't really seen them full fledged fight, but we have seen that Miguel and Robbie are almost the same level in combat, and so with the way that it's just be and with even um Johnny saying that Miguel is the best student he like in the first season he says Miguel, you're the only one who's got a shot at winning this thing I'm going to assume that since Miguel can be uh, can, is head the toe to toe with Robbie? I do not think Hawk can beat Robbie in a fair fight.
0: I like that theory and that whole theory there. I think you called me a loser and you educated me all at the same time. So well, let's let's go ahead. A, and...
1: It was more of a preventative measure before
0: we went I, off the rails. You no, know, I got, I'm not going to ground you on the podcast. It's 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 all um, good. Okay, so uh, you you did think that we missed a few things from season one and the other in the first podcast we did so what what were some of the things that you think we missed that we probably should have took maybe taking some time to go over
1: so uh i think we didn't miss anything too crucial we missed was uh when robbie's going to go see his dad at the dojo he sees uh johnny and miguel hugging and i believe that's um after miguel got uh sam like on the first day and when johnny also got cobra coyote and say it so like they had the whole "I'm the man." Yeah, thing. and it was
0: it was right after whenever um, he had the fight at the school in the kitchen, in the cafeteria, not the kitchen. Sorry.
1: Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he goes in. They both go in for a hug, and that's kind of like another theme throughout. Um, more of the throughout the whole series really is uh, Johnny and Miguel's relationship, where they have a bit more of a father son relationship than Johnny and Robbie do. So, and Robbie has big, like, a jealousy of it, for a lack of better terms. Well,
0: I think it's fair for him to feel that way because, you know, his father was absent throughout his whole life, and all of a sudden now he starts his dojo, and he, he wants to go be part of it. And I think it's just a natural feeling for him to be upset when he goes and sees another one of his peers, who's the same age, having that bonding moment with his father. So I think and that's when you start seeing this like kind of unraveling of Robbie with what he's like trying to figure out and what he's trying to do. And that's when he starts to go work at the Doge or at sorry at LaRusso Automotive and he just he gets that job. But that I think that was kind of a key thing we did miss. Another another little thing we did miss that we forget to talk about is that like the ending the ending scene we we see Samantha who is you know Daniel's daughter. She starts doing some karate moves in the dojo, and it kind of somewhat starts closing out on that. So then you start getting this this thinking from season one to season two that she's gonna start being a part of whatever's gonna be happening in season two. She's gonna she's gonna be more of a evolved character once we move into season two.
1: Yeah. So I mean, for, in the first season, Sam was more of like the school side, she was more of the bridge of, like, the school, like, teenager drama versus the karate drama, considering she's LaRusso's daughter, but also, like, she doesn't want to be a part of it at first, but since everybody else is being dragged in, by the end of the season, everybody's dragged in to the karate drama, and there's barely any school drama left, you know, with, like, Front Wedgie, all the bullies getting beaten up and too scared to mess with, Hawker Diaz, so... And so now she's, like, for the writers, she's got nothing else, and also just as a person, she feels like she has to be a part of this. Thing.
0: Right, and we see too that her and her friend Aisha, who is one of Cobra Kai's star students, they kind of bond a little bit at the at the tournament. Whenever Aisha loses, and so she kind of goes, and she even makes a funny joke, like, "Hey, there's no, one of these geese could fit you because." Sam comments on the cool black tournament geese, and those are extremely cool, by the way. I, oh, yeah, I would yeah, wear. Definitely. I would wear one of those, but they start bonding and talking a little bit, and then you know, Aisha makes that line and just says, "Well, regardless of what you do, it would be cool to have another girl out there, just kind of representing." So I, I can't. That kind of starts getting the wheels turning. So also
1: it's a bit of foreshadowing for the second season.
0: It is a lot of foreshadowing. The, the writers were on point with that. Robbie lose to, to Diaz in in the championship fight and then we see you transition to season two and one of the you know openings of season two is when daniel takes robbie on a trip somewhere and robbie's like are you taking me to to bury the bodies and so they kind of starts laughing but then they see as soon as they you see daniel pull into some unknown place we see an iconic thing from the movies we see daniel's yellow convertible from the movies and so then you know as soon as he pulls in and we see that in that scene we know immediately where he's at and so right then is when he introduces and he basically reopens miyagi miyagi do karate and w- you know one thing we notice about all of this is that every and i like it with all the writing is that every almost every episode every scene something kind of starts being represented and things just start unfolding with everything that they have going on. So what is Miyagi? You see Daniel, you know, he, he reclaims Robbie as a student. They lose to Cobra Kai. What does it mean for Daniel to reopen this dojo that was closed for a long time?
1: So I think when you, it's like, when you talk about Miyagi Do, you also have to talk about Cobra Kai. It's like, they're so intertwined. That's like, they're like Siamese twins. There's no point of like pulling them apart. They're one package. So uh, let's take a look at Cobra Kai's dojo in Season 1 versus Miyagi-Do in Season 1. They're very similar in where they're just in a cube of a room, or I guess technically a rectangular prism. But uh, you see that uh, Cobra Kai has rows of students, like kind of like a military. And you have uh, one of the star students, whether it be... Diaz or Aisha or just uh, Johnny in the front teaching the students. Very, It seems like what you normally see, uh, what you expect to see in a dojo, you know, just a mat on the floor. Everybody's in geese. They're all you know, punching and kicking in rows. Very neat. Very clean. Miyagi-Do in season one is also just I, it's just, it was a pool house, but now they turn into like a little Miyagi shrine and then they refix it to be a little dojo. But they really don't stay there for very long so whenever they go into Miyagi-Do you see uh, Miyagi's house and then you see the open yard the backyard where it's serene it's very um, it's very uh, based on East Asian like architecture and design choices you know like the uh, like the ponds and just the natural walkways it's not very it's not neat per se it's very zen yeah
0: very I like that I was just thinking that in my head it is extremely zen yeah
1: I don't know if that's the correct way to describe it. That's just, like, how it feels.
0: Yeah, it's got, like, that different, like, you go into... It's a good point you brought up the different dojos because you go into Cobra Kai and it's, like, just, just very, like, aggressive. Let's just start whooping tail. And you go into, you know, the Miyagi dojo and it's very just relaxing. There's, you know, I can imagine just, like, you're in a waterfall and you're walking around and it's very peaceful. And, and that's really what, you know... Miyagi-Do karate about, this. Mr. Miyagi was trying, you know, throughout the movies and throughout everything, it was really about defense, and it's really about inner peace, and it's about, you know, finding your way, and I think, why do you think it was important for Daniel to reopen the dojo and try to start growing it as an actual do- dojo instead of just one student? What was what was the point behind that? What do you think that meant? It means to him for him doing it and basically almost going up against Cobra Kai.
1: Well, what it might seem to the casual viewer is that he's opening up a dojo to fight back Cobra Kai. You know, don't let the bullies win. But something that many of us forget constantly is that Miyagi Do is never what it seems. You know. First movie, you just see Daniel paying a fence and standing floors, wax on, wax off. And he's actually learning karate from it, not just doing chores. And so this is the same way where where it seems like he's just opening up to counter strike uh, Cobra Kai. In reality, what we find out later in the season is that he's doing it because he misses Mr. Miyagi, which we all do. But Daniel does a lot more than any of us could so since he was such a big part of his life it was like a dad it was like a, right, he, was a he was a mentor to him yeah so when he passed away whenever I don't know it, I don't remember the exact day in the show but was it like 2005 and yeah I can't remember old? it's on like his
0: tombstone in one of the episodes
1: yeah not in the first five in season two though so no. oh, spoilers Whoopsie. anyways
0: Mr. Miyagi has passed on
1: yeah uh, oh, he yeah, has a tombstone. We knew that in season one. Right. Yeah, but anyway, so in reality, it's Daniel missing Mr. Miyagi and that desire to pass on his teachings just like his teacher did. Maybe he'll like, bring back a semblance of what it was like, you know, bring back memories.
0: Once he opens the dojo, gets everything, it's pretty much the, – and the dojo is the exact location where Mr. Miyagi lived, and that's where, you know, his great garden and where they where he trained Daniel – for the most part in the first movie and there was we see his daughter sam come in and that all of a sudden becomes student number two and he even makes a funny joke it's like oh he goes my enrollment doubled the the second day or whatever but so he he opens it up he wants to teach good karate he does some things that are pretty funny like he makes a commercial and he kind of Makes fun of Cobra Kai. He like throws out some words like real karate, and he talks about don't be don't be a snake that slithers in the grass. And he goes, he, he really goes after Cobra Kai. And it's interesting because Daniel has so many, you know, he's rich and he has so many more resources than Johnny now, which net, you know, flipped the script from before from the movies. And so it was, it's funny to watch it, and then it's really funny to see Johnny's reaction to it. You know, he they all get mad, and so then they try to make they make their video and during this first few episodes of season two we see how terrible johnny is with the internet he has no idea what wi-fi is he doesn't think his laptop needs to get charged he thinks the, ha- the hashtag is called the hash brown so that's hilarious His you know this famous line is hash brown cobra kai and send it to the internet and so it was a that's a funny line and so we see him they start all of a sudden the rivalry goes bigger, and they start going after each other again, and then that starts the students going after each other, and it just creates all this chaos. And so then, you know, we see that Cobra Kai from winning the, the All-Valley all Tournament, you know, they start really taking over the Valley, so their enrollment starts surging, and they start getting bigger. They start growing. Johnny gets all frustrated with how, he, how they beat Robbie. So he was very aggravated with what what went on, and he felt it wasn't fair. And he really felt, but this was before anyone know, no one knows that Robbie is his son yet. That's still kind of a secret. That's further on. What's in the, that, Daniel? In Daniel. Knows. Daniel knows, but none of the other kids do, and none of these and none of these kids could really understand why he was almost not protecting them, but they wouldn't understand. They were basically, and even even Diaz even Miguel in there he even says why are you punishing us for losing so was Johnny really was he punishing them because he felt bad that they beat Robbie or is it one of those things was he really trying to be a good teacher and trying to show them a different way than what he was taught
1: well if you want my two cents on the subject why you're here yeah um I think it's that if it was any other kid he would have not thought about it he wouldn't but since it was his own flesh and blood, I'm not saying he's trying to like make his uh students lose Robbie, or take it easy on him. But I think it really opened up his eyes of what Cobra like he's reliving the past. Right. Where he in the first uh part of season one, he's like, Cobra Kai really ruined his life with we like no mercy, like that's a terrible mentality into the future and into the real world. You know, you can't just throw a punch and kicks wherever you want. But and so he sees so he's like, no, Cobra Kai is gonna be different, it's gonna be better. But in reality, he's doing the exact same thing. He's just teaching the same uh, lessons without modifying them. And so seeing his own kid get pummeled, I get pummeled brutally for it, not even like the way that the rules were. It's like attacking the weak spot, you know, really fighting dirty. So I think that's just what awakens Johnny. I don't think he's trying to get Robbie to win or take it easy on him just because it's his
0: son. Would he, so you don't think he would have been that, or you think he would have still been this upset if it would have been Joe Smith that Miguel was fighting?
1: I don't think, I think Johnny would have eventually come to realize it, but it would have been way too late to fix the problem. Um, but since it was his own kid, it kind of accelerated his eye-opening is like his revelation of how terrible Cobra Kai's no mercy policy is but um if it was just Joe Smith he wouldn't say anything He'd be like yeah we won but you know never stop training
0: never stop training never that's stop. right grind it, never stops it doesn't ever stop especially when you're when you're striking hard and striking first striking first Since 1901, Straub's Markets has been serving the St. Louis community with their four convenient locations in Town & Country, Clayton, the Central West End, or Webster Groves. Let Straub serve you today for all your grocery needs, whether it's your everyday grocery run, find meats, cheese, or wine for that date night, or even get to stop by the deli counter to grab some lunch. If you have a big event coming up, Straub's can cater for anything big or small. Visit Straub's today or visit them online at Straub's.com if you're not in town. That's S-T-R-A-U-B-S dot com. I'd like to thank Straub's for being a friend of the show. Johnny that we see in season one and season two is he sees a lot of him himself in in Miguel. And so I think that kind of that kind of also kind of gets him rolling with the this idea of I need to change what Cobra Kai was to what we what we really want it to be now. So it, we see this thing with Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do, and then there's this other character that comes in, someone old school we saw at the end of season one, but we see him more prevalent in season two, and that's Sensei John Kreese, and he comes in and... You know, Johnny is very reluctant reluctant to have him back into the dojo, but John Kreese does what he really does best, and that's, you know, manipulating. He really manipulated Johnny into letting him be a part of the dojo and letting him, a senpai, is that the phrase from... <laughs> does that bother you <laughs> that i said oh, that
1: you, oh, you have, oh you're have. Oh, you gonna get some weird comments on okay Twitter so
0: if you're an office fan that is a senpai is what dwight was he was an assistant to the sensei sorry i had to throw it in you don't think that's funny uh that's essentially what he is i mean so we can't cro- we can't okay, cross-reference okay. the office no into- that's
1: not that's not the problem it's just you know, I'll I'll let your Twitter fans explain it to you. I don't. Please I don't do, please derail do derail this entire
0: conversation. Are you, are you thinking I've derailed it enough? Uh, uh, okay, so, off. well, and you know, there's editing powers here. I can edit some of this stuff out. So, but we see John Crease. He, you know, he comes and he helps Johnny start doing some stuff. And what I thought, what I really liked is, well, I don't know if I really I liked it or didn't like it. I just found interesting is whenever crease is with johnny the first like their first session together their first lesson class or whatever you know the guy the whole crew the whole cobra kai class they all start cutting up and they're like just kind of having fun like they they're doing their stuff they i think they dab once and then they yes i and then they do the the snake slither they did the snake slither slither and, and so it was really irritating Crease, and I'm not sure if it would have irritated Johnny if Crease wouldn't have been there. I think he was embarrassed by it.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if he would have, like, he would have been, I don't think he would have reacted as extreme. probably like, all right, all right, whatever, cut it down. And, but, like, when Crease was there, he's like, quiet, he yells, like, quiet, like, getting them to, like, shut up and, like, do extra work. And he, like, immediately cuts class, and he's like, 5 a.m. at whatever the address was. It's so, a construction yard.
0: Right, and that's when we see him do one of the toughest things that they did and that was when the cement truck came came in and or was that the cement truck yeah that That was was yeah yeah, that was the scene with the cement truck Mm -hmm. where where they came in and they did their lesson some of them had to go into the cement truck and they were trying to spin it while there was wet cement in there and it it could have been but he was trying to do that to Almost like show. I'm not sure he would have done that if crease wouldn't have been there.
1: Also, while we're getting into that scene, it's also coupled with another scene in Miyagi Do, where so both dojos are trying to teach their students, uh, one much greater than the other in number, but not as much in quality. Bargain brand, anyway, <laughs> got great value students. Um, but they both are trying to instill the main, like one of the main, or maybe not a mainstay important lessons so Miyagi-Do is always moving in a circle so they try to do this so before before all this uh Robbie and Sam are trying to do this thing where they move in a circle so that they could have instead of twice the defense with two people it's 10 times as Daniel claims it to be but you know they have trouble sensing each other because they can't for part of it for most of it they can't see each other their backs are facing towards each other so um a new addition to the Miyagi backyard, as I like to call it, is like this wooden table kind of thing set in a pond to where it will tip on whatever it is it's supposed to be a monument to balance, so Sam and Robbie are both on this thing doing it you know they're falling they're falling, but they're uh, getting back up and Daniel's like coaching them like he's bearing he's bearing like very um nice him. he's like, all right guys you come on, you could do, go back up you know he's being very gentle with them while while this is cutting to. The Cobra, the Cobra Kai stars going, like, trying to make the cement truck movies, like, and so that lesson's supposed to be never stop moving, the grind never stops just because you win one championship doesn't mean you stop because you're going to get stuck where you are, so, you know that's, one lesson's way more dangerous than the other, but, uh, but in theory it's, it's
0: a good lesson because you are right I think they got complacent because yeah. you even see Hawk say still have another 12 months to the next tournament so it's like well we can slack off a little bit and Johnny sees it as a different approach but we, we see once John or once Kreese comes on the scene we see Johnny kind of shift gears a little bit with how he's interacting and reacting with with his students and you know we see that Dimitri he is he starts becoming more prevalent of a character this whole time he was We see him in season one where he jumps into Cobra Kai, doesn't really like it. So he jumps out. He's still friends with all these people. He, they win the tournament. He kind of rides on the coattails. He even's like, look, I'm okay with doing this without doing nothing. I'm kind of like famous by association here. And that really, that kind of ticks Hawk off a little bit. And then we see Dimitri kind of roll into Cobra Kai and he meets John Kreese. And he's like, and I, you know, this kid cracks me up because he's your typical like, here's my note for my parent kind of a kid. And so he, which he actually does give a note later on to someone else, but he goes in and starts, you know, giving these, giving these demands to a guy like John Creese and
1: and Crease doesn't say a word to him. He just stands there with that with that mean mug of him, of his, with his arms crossed, and with typically with body language, that's like a sign of like closing off, um, to someone like he's already done with him. And he's also doing. I'm pro. He's probably doing like the bicep trick, making his biceps look a little bit bigger, which is also showing his cobra tattoo.
0: Which Dimitri starts making fun of, and then I'm assuming that's what gets him popped because later in that scene we see Dimitri run out of. Well, run here's out the of thing. Cobra Kai like, I have his... a
1: thing about personal space, so the other cobras are gonna have to go. With it. And then like 10 seconds later, he waltzes up to this like. this geriatric man who hasn't said a word to him who looks very angry at him grabs his arm, points out what's wrong with his tattoo and then expects to be like, that's fine like the double standard, like he deserved to get popped for that.
0: Well, I don't disagree with that, but it is very offensive to Dimitri so he goes running out then we see him later in the scene, he's on FaceTime with Hawk and they're going back and forth and it's really, you know a little sad because we see from season one to right up through, you know, episode one, two of season two that Dimitri and Eli or, or Hawk as he's known pretty much the rest of the, the season, and you know, they're best friends and we see this shift of of friendship go from man, they they always did stuff together, they had common interests, and then all of a sudden we see boom like in an instant they're not really good friends anymore and that kind of naturally I think that would bother Dimitri so then we see Dimitri he all of a sudden after after this kind of stuff happened he goes over to Daniel and joins Miyagi-Do and then we see him kind of go through and he starts the motions a little bit and then he even you know he he goes through. He starts doing some of the stuff that, of course, D- Daniel makes them all do when they first start. You know they're they're waxing the car and they're painting the fence and they're sanding the deck and it's all part of the all part of the process. And then Dimitri, of course, doesn't like the process. Well,
1: here's the thing: is that he he's very. I think he's the only person in the entire Karate Kid franchise to immediately see. Oh, it's muscle memory. That's the reason why you're doing this. Like he's the only. So he's very smart and. I guess you could say he's pretty like observant. He saw like why am I doing this? So he's like trying to convince Daniel to just skip to the good part like not with the muscle memory.
0: Right, but the whole point of it is the muscle memory and that's yeah. even what he says and he starts like doing things. there, you know, he's doing all this stuff and then there's that the one scene where he comes in like for one of the lessons and he actually hands he hands Daniel a note from his mom saying that oh my mom excuses me from extra stuff today, I go extra body movement because he's basically kind of a wimp and I think he self he self admits that and then he and he tries to Daniel being Daniel, you think we're gonna get this great scene when he's like he gets in a stance, he's like, Show me Sandal. sand the floor and he kicks him and you hear Dimitri go, Ow, you kicked me and then you see there. and it's really rare to watch Daniel get frustrated when he's teaching stuff and you see a legit frustration, he's like Dimitri, what are you doing? And then he's, he even asks him, he's like, do you even want to be here? And Dimitri's response is actually kind of natural and moving. He really doesn't want to be there. I mean, fighting really isn't his thing, but I think he had enough of he lost his best friend to this other dojo. His best friend all of a sudden now is, you know, threatening him. And he he, he just responds with, I just want to be able to fight back. And so we see how all of a sudden now, we see a shift even in Demetrian, his character in this part of season two. And then one thing we see and one thing I like about season two is that you kind of it lays the foundation and it kind of of how some of these characters were before. So we see a little bit of Johnny when he was a kid and we start understanding and recognizing why he is the way he is. But we also see one of your favorite characters, why he is the way he is. Nets. Eli the Hawk and that's one of those things that it, there's some flashbacks of some things that happens to him and so this is one of the, this is one of the seasons this first few episodes we see kind of what caused Hawk to be to be that way.
1: In the first season there was an announcement in the cafeteria about a kid crying himself to sleep because people made fun of his facial deformity which they didn't say his name but he's the only kid with a facial deformity we ever see at the school ever of course they know who he is. So we get a flashback to, like, that previous night or, like, sometime before around that era. We see, like, his mom calling the school to make that announcement. Like, to tell the school to try to get it to stop. And so Demi- uh, Eli's like, don't, don't do that. And he's like, he's really self-defeated. It's really movie Kind of, like, really sad. He's like, I'm it, not going to be anything. I'm not going to get a girlfriend. Yeah. Only friend's going to be Dimitri. He's going to be a loser with the weird
0: lip. The the writers did a really good job of, with I think, with that scene because... You see how genuine, and I think a lot of people can relate to that whenever they've been picked on or they've been bullied or they've been rejected. And then, you know, parents want to slide in and always fix things. And sometimes they can't fix stuff. But then he was genuinely like, please don't do this. This is just going to make it worse. People are going to, it's just going to, this is just who I am. And you're right, it was moving. And it was really sad that he had that much, you know, lack of self confidence. And, but, one of the cool things that Colbert whether it's good or bad one of the good things Colbert Kai did is it really busted him out of his shell and kind of turned him into Hawk
1: yeah so yeah like in that scene he like jumps on the bed and starts like crying to his pillow and then like the camera pans out to him getting uh his Hawk tattoo from a blue mohawk to a red one and we also see that his actual hairstyle has changed with that as well as well we see that something that was going on in the first seasons that moon and hawk got together so he gets a little moon with a little crescent moon with her name in it so he's got kind of to become like a bit of like an alpha architect. yeah and
0: you know and one thing too in that scene man he just like even like gets off jumps off the tattoo the tattoo table and he's like giving his boy rico a five like man see you later man thanks for the good thanks for the hookup rico and it's like okay dude you're like 16 and you're okay oh, you're cool to get in tatted up now and this is like how you roll and you just add more to it and he does that's i think that was also you're right a key scene was showing that he is an alpha and just like how comfortable he is with himself now because you know old hawk eli had to dress up for halloween as a lip surgeon just to make him feel better so you see this that's why i think even though what it started turning him into it was nice to see what he was from where he started to where he is now even though in this first you know season 2 he's kind of a jerk sorry spoilers well, but well here's
1: the thing i don't think hawk is actually that comfortable with himself i think he's scared that he's either going to relapse back into being a nerd or people are going to realize who, what he actually is or like who he was that he's not actually an alpha he's like he's just a nerd on the inside
0: like, but you know, why can't he just be a nerd that knows awesome karate and has a great haircut? Well, here's the thing. That's because Hawk, because it's
1: really, it's not Johnny's fault. It's just his poor communication to his students, and Hawk also being a very obsessive person. So it's just that's a bad mix. Like Johnny's like, and we're not nerds. We're not losers. We're not wusses. And so Hawk's like. Yes, absorbing it. So he's just
0: trying to live up to what Johnny's trying. to yeah, He's trying to, to build,
1: mold himself around what and Johnny. And saying. that
0: is falling back into the old way of Cobra Kai. So, yes. and that's really what we see. We also see a new person in the first. We see a new character come into the mix here, and that is a fe- another female character. And she, this is after Valley Fest, where you know there was one of where Cobra Kai kind of came in and snaked the competition and they
1: uh, they were being called a snake in the grass and that so might as well yeah
0: they went in there and they pretty much this Valley Fest was just like kind of looked like some sort of big celebration they had I don't know if it was a 4th of July deal but it was it was was a pretty big deal and then you know Miyagi-Do put on this typical Miyagi type of Although I was disappointed, and I get what the writers did, I was kind of, I really wanted to see if Daniel was going to be able to slice through the ice again, like he did in part two of the Karate Kid movie, that was going to be their finale, but before he did that, we hear the good old, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, and they come in, and they just do their thing, everything's Awesome! There's fireworks. They're fighting each other. You even hear Johnny yell, "This is what real karate is all about." They're going to town like, on Greece each other. Is like,
1: Going with the special effects, now. he's like more sparks, more sparks. Yeah, you he's know. trying to
0: set the place on fire. Yeah. And but then so it just it's just exciting. Everyone's pumped up, and all of a sudden, what was kind of just this cool presentation Miyagi Do was doing? Everyone's like pushing that out of the way because Cobra Kai just did this elaborate thing. And then the next day, you know, they're starting their training, and then you know Johnny's like who can beat the champion all of a sudden the door flings open and some girls like I can and that's Tori and she they start fighting one another and she and you start seeing her as a character who's kind of you know she knows what she's doing and it's she said she's like oh I've only taken a few kickboxing lessons but I think she's done a little bit more than that and I think we're gonna see further on like what her what her character evolves to but we see her join and she's just another character that comes in and feeds off all the cobra kai stuff before
1: we move on for i kind of want to talk about the valley fest presentations mm-hmm. if you look at doggy doe's presentation it's very like see the light is blue uh traditional music traditional like japanese uh music is being played as well as the bow staff being used and it's very well choreographed and it's like they're doing jumps around it you know they're working together you know since it's only so few of them cobra kai the lights are red they're all wearing black. There is chaos. Like, sparks going off. Like, metal music. Or not metal. Rock music is playing in the background. American rock is playing in the background. Like, they're getting sparks and, like, all the special effects. And it's just a... It's totally chaos. Like, you see Hawk. Like, you see them all, like, fighting each other. Just, like, beating each other. It doesn't look choreographed at all. No, it
0: looks natural. Yeah. And that's, like, they're just, like, a fight it's, going it's on there. just, like, a there. brawl going on. And then, like, they
1: pull out, like, boards or whatever. And, like, blindfolds and boards. And you just start punching things. And then, at the very end, what seems to be... Choreographed is uh, Johnny getting cinder blocks, setting it on fire, and just punching it right there. Doing
0: what Johnny does, just making the show happen and having a lot of fun with it, and getting everyone pumped up and excited. And you know, Valley Fest was a cool thing, and it kind of just added more fuel to the fire for Cobra Kai because people start. You know, Daniel went and made money, and even his wife was irritated with him because he took budget money from the automotive group and took it for Miyagi-Do and so he spent money on an ad and a commercial but then all of a sudden Johnny Lawrence goes in and hops in on his at Valley Fest on whatever what Miyagi-Do was doing and kind of takes over that production there and that kind of gives him a lot of free publicity.
1: Yeah, that's another thing going on the season is that uh, Daniel and his wife Amanda's relationship is, like, fading. But, honestly, I don't really care that much.
0: Yeah, some people aren't really a fan of her. I, and, I am one of those people. But why? Do you think she just honestly, makes it useless? Here's the thing.
1: Her and Anthony were the worst in the first season. Because they just never learned to shut up and let the actual, pe- like, the characters we actually know and care. Because they're both new characters. And if you're familiar with the Karate Kid franchise, Daniel's always got a new chick in rotation. So it's like, can we get the new one, please? Can we get the upgrade? I don't care if it's, like, the ugliest person on earth. I don't care who... I don't. It could be a, a fly for all I care. Just, like, pit, like, close the lips. Just shut. Just stop talking, please. Okay,
0: so I'll disagree with you a little bit. One thing I agree with, I think Anthony, which is Daniel and Amanda's son... He's probably one of the most irrelevant characters in anything. I think, I think the daughter from, family from Family Matters that goes up the steps and never comes back was more relevant than this can, kid. Can we
1: just have that same thing happen where he just like, he just like goes on the switch, like walks into the pool and never gets out or something. I, I don't he know. Get it's, like hit by a bus. He, oh, we're not gonna have him get hit by a bus. He That's doesn't not, have to die. He's just in hospital for the rest hospital of Hospital for the rest of the show. Hospitalized. You're,
0: he, he's in the he's in rehabilitation for a little while second on jello but one of the things that you you did point out was that their their marriage starts faltering a little bit because daniel once again gets so obsessed with cobra kai and he starts this dojo he gets these students he starts training that he starts slacking at his dealership which is you know, his bread and butter, his livelihood, it's how they make their money. And so we see that his wife, Amanda, which and every right, should be frustrated because he his whole promise was he's balances his thing. It's what he does. And she even like says that to him. She's like, I thought you said balance was your thing. You can be able to do all this. And so she you see all this real frustration and one thing that I really love about Cobra Kai and even the most of the karate kid movies is I think the group fight scenes are awesome some people are some people think they're overdone i think they're so cool they're so
1: well choreographed they're so what like actors talking here just like as a film being perspective it's so well choreographed there's very like there's a lot of cutting but it's like when they do like those pan shots and it's like it's all one like one shot not just a bunch of like quick flashes of like punches some like they're all filmed also differently and the locations they're at is also pretty
0: Cool. And that's what makes it That's what makes it cool. So the last scene in season five is the mall fight. And they're just, it's Dimitri and Sam and Robbie. They're at the mall. They're just, you know, doing what teenagers do. And they're eating at the food court. And then you see Eli, or Hawk. Sorry, well I'll keep calling him well, Hawk. Well, like, Dimitri's like, wait, it's like
1: Wednesday? And he, like, rushes to the comic book store. Yeah, he wants to go yeah.
0: see a comic, and then... And then Hawk and is,
1: like got like the shark fin going. Like he comes over with the do, do, with, do, with do, like do, the red do. hawk <laughs> coming in. He, I find that amusing. That was pretty he amusing because you
0: just see it you see it coming through. But Hawk was really upset with him and threatened him because he had because Demetri had put a poor review on Yelp of Cobra I mean, Kai D Man
1: two thousand two with his. Face on it. Like he wasn't gonna get caught for that one.
0: But so he was he wanted him to take it down. Dimitri's like, look, this is free country, I'm not taking it down. So it really offended him, and all of a sudden, Hawk catches him at the comic store, and he's even like, You nerd, I knew you'd be here. And so they start running after him, and Dimitri does what he does best. He should have been on the track team and not (laughs) into karate because he could run quick and so he's running and all and then they go to the food court and i think we see a great fight scene in this and oh, we yeah. see we see robbie and sam they start you know everything starts coinciding with what daniel's been teaching him where they are balanced and they start fighting and one of the cool things is they're fighting they're beating each other up and then one of the very last parts of it is when Hawk does his aerial, one of his aerial moves, and that's always, you know, he always it always la- works, always lands he always, that,
1: always like sticks the landing.
0: But what happens? Oh, uh, he gets, I, I think he just gets like kicked in the face. Yeah, Robbie like, takes care. Of him. Robbie yeah. shoots the hawk out out of the sky with his foot, and yeah, that's when became
1: a clay pigeon.
0: The hawk did come a clay a clay pigeon, he just falters down to the the ground, and we see, and we see what this really starts, and we'll see this throughout all of season two. This is. In my opinion, this is the start of really the war between Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do, between the kids. Yeah. It's always been there with the adults, but I think really with the kids, this is really what kind of kicks it off. So, Season 2, so far, pretty good. What what do you think about Season 2? Were you happy with the first five episodes?
1: Yeah. I kind of saw with, it was very similar to how Season 1 progressed, where... You kind of get like this slow. It's like very. It's kind of like more of a slow burn, and then halfway through the season, because every season's ten episodes. Spoiler alert. Uh, where halfway through the season something happens. You know, like, uh, and I don't remember exactly what it was in season one, but season two, you know, you get the mall fight, and that's what really starts setting things off. That's like when Dimitri learns he's like he's practically nothing. Uh, he was completely he was in the center of Sam and uh Robbie's like circle, dance, whatever technique, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that, off, that launches off uh, three things. One, moon breaks up with Eli, which gets him really angry. So he's very insecure about that. Two, Dimitri learns that he's completely helpless in the fight and so he actually starts taking what Daniel says seriously he starts and Daniel starts to learn how Dimitri works and he another thing was that he was trying Daniel was trying to be Mr. Lo, Mr. Miyagi what you know i'll I'll give amanda a shuby point saying shuby point, yeah that, i love it yeah we could explain that one later uh where she says you don't have to be mr biagi you just have to be mr larusso so he like doesn't do a mr biagi thing he's like sand the floor he like takes him slow and like slowly kicks at him pacing with dimitri and then third my least favorite part of the season so far is how Sam and Robbie start to like this. Will they? Won't they? Oh together. Yeah. I, I wish they would have left
0: a... that out, but I guess that we always knew we knew that was coming. But I, I do got to say, before we wrap wrap up here, I think with the reboot, we've already we talked about season one that Cobra Kai is the best reboot out there, hands down. Yeah. No one's gonna argue anything better. Please do not come at me with the Fuller House nonsense that wasn't. But for the reboot. The second season's usually like, why did they do this? But the second season keeps you entertained and keeps you rolling and keeps you wanting to watch more episodes.
1: Well, here's the thing is that season one wasn't an open and closed case. Like, it was, it left on a cliffhanger with John Kreese in the dojo. Like, they clearly planned to make a season two after
0: Absolutely. This.
1: Also, the first two seasons were YouTube originals. It was made by a few people. It was more of like an indie project than um, mainstream whenever it went on the Netflix so, but I'm pretty sure they kept like the same, it has the same feel to it throughout. So don't let that just be up. Season one and two is the only good
0: part. No, it's it's a, it's a great series all the way through from start to finish, from season one to season three, which we're going to we'll get into later. But right now we season just – Season four in December. Season four in December. It's going to drop. I'm excited for that. We're looking at our watch right now, ready to roll. Well, Caleb, as always, thanks for coming on the – Podcast and join me with your great feedback, and even though you made fun of me for a little bit, and we did some bloopers beforehand. I might, I don't know if I'll throw that in this episode, but I'll throw it in some episode further down the road. So, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
0: All right, everyone, appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Go and follow me on Twitter. It's at G Adams eighty one or the podcast at Chucklehead Chat. You can hit me up on the gmail at chuckleheadchatpod at gmail.com. Always appreciate everyone for listening and tell all your friends and hit that subscribe button. See you next time.